We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty Podcast. The Anora boys are in the building. Brought to you by Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com, that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure you do it. Responsibly. Got to do it responsibly, left. CFB Nation. As always, presented by Twisted Yeah. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Who's the hottest in R&B right now, in your opinion, left? Because, like, Drake is, like, the dude in hip-hop, right? Drake's the greatest of all time. Relax. I just asked you who, right now, who is the team? You take it too far. Who is Drake? Do you consider, is, is Drake considered OG now? Like, we, do we move him to a whole, totally different status and kind of, like, grade the current hip-hop dudes? He hasn't he hasn't come down from being the top yet. So it's hard to put him in a different place other than the top because he's the GOAT right now. But R and B style. Um it's no true R and B anymore, man, to be honest. That's honest. That's honest. We don't have a Fantasia or Keisha Cole or you know, a Dwelle and Music Soul Child. We don't have them. Matter of fact, Raheem Devon is going to be here in Chicago at the City Winery. Performing 2010 music. Right. And so it's like, that was probably the last era of the 2010. Chris Brown, probably the only guy most famously holding down the R&B side of things. But other than that, it's rough on this side. Mm. 
That's like who runs the eye formation in college football anymore? Dang, I'm trying to think. Have I seen somebody run eye formation? I'm sure someone is running. I'm sure Iowa runs it. I'm sure someone is running uh, R and B. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just no, no, I guess no poster child for it anymore. You know why R and B is tough? Because you got to actually have talent. <laughs> I mean, oh, you got to be able. It's to not like it's not real. it's not like Jacquees is like full of talent. Yeah, I mean, I mean, outside of being like, I think the, I think the, me personally, I think the young ladies hold it down. You know, I think SZA, Summer Walker, when they get done dealing with their personal issues and their relationship issues, and they lock in, they they put forth some pretty decent projects. Yeah, one every four or five years. Yeah, that ain't yeah. enough. I mean, that's, <laughs> that ain't that's, enough. That's, that's, the, that's the issue. That's the issue. You can't qualify if it's four or five years. In between. Oh, it's what? It's uh between Ari Lennox, Summer Walker, and Scissor. That's pretty much the pinnacle of all these female artists are trying to be the next young thug and Buster Rhymes and hardcore gangster rappers and I don't like none of them. <laughs> I'm just not a fan of any of them. I don't think any of them are good. None of them have the talent for me in the rap space. I just put them all in the same category. Make it easy. Well, Chicago kid Mick Jenkins just put out a new project. I haven't listened to it in total in its entirety. But uh, you know what? I'm proud of uh Mickey Halstead. Mickey Halstead is a long time, really a Chicago legend as far as an MC. He really is. Uh, didn't blow up nationally, but he's respected in the music biz. He's done an incredible job managing talent. Uh, he manages Herbo. I think uh, he was involved with Dirk at some point. Now he's managing Mick Jenkins. And um, uh, what's the other young, young lady that does R&B? Um, out of Chicago, Tink. He manages Tink as well. So, but a lot of these guys, they don't put out the music. Where's the music at? They hold back the music, so it just becomes a wash for some people because they gotta listen to something. That's why international music is blowing up. The whole Afro beats vibe and Burner Boy and Bad Bunny. That's more the trendy music. So it was just funny because Chance just had a concert out there in LA uh, to celebrate 10 years, the 10 year anniversary anniversary of Acid Rap. See, that was his grand opening, grand closing, because he started talking about all type of stuff, non-rap no, culture. After his, his next, the next project after Acid Rap was the pinnacle of his career. Coloring book or whatever it's called. Yeah, coloring book was because he had that. He that's when he had his biggest single of all time. No, we don't want no problems. When he got Wayne on that joint and became commercialized and had the video, you know, you saw him start getting love, opening up for Beyonce on her tour, taking pictures with her. It, it and I think he, in my opinion. Mick Jenkins has always been the best. Mick Jenkins is a better lyricist than Chance. Chance got them cartoon raps. He he does. He does. But that's good for his Nickelodeon placements and Disney placements and all that. Yeah, Getting I actually uh, they played his joint with Action Bronson on the radio the other day, and I was like, "Yo, I forgot about this joint." And it wasn't it like he outrapped Action Bronson. It was just like the stuff he was saying was so outrageous in his verse, where it was like, "Yo, I forgot how silly 
That's what I'm it, saying. It he had cartoon. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dude, like, go listen to his verse on that joint with Action Bronson. It's like, well, you shake your head in school like, for you for cleverness and all that, but that brother don't got it, man. Mm. He need to he need to go live with Herbo for a couple months. You know. But that that describes our some of our uh but you know what though? I will say this about that era of Chicago music cuz you have to remember this is like him uh this is him Vince I mean him Vic Mensa Herbo Dirk, Jeremiah, Chief Keith, like they all popped at the same time. Like they were all, they were the ones like hustling at the same time in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? So that's why when he had his anniversary concert out there in LA, Chief Keith fell through, Dirk fell through. Because they are like each other's contemporaries and they respect each other, even though they are totally different as artists, they have profound respect for each other. Yeah, I mean, they all were they were in the same hustle together. So it was a good era during that time, you know. But it didn't feel like it was lasting music like Drake. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like Drake has been the Alabama. Of hip hop, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and now you get to see, like, with Alabama, are they starting to fade? You know, we'll see if Drake has some fade in them. Every artist has some fade in them. Drake, Drake could never, could never flop though. I didn't say flop. I just said fade or you fade. Know? No, the kids see that's the problem. Drake has no control. <laughs> no, seriously. Artists have no control over whether or not they fade, dude, because that decision is made by the 14, the 15, and the 16-year-old. And that's where he always hits. But yeah, at some point, there's going to be a 14, to 16-year-old group that's going to be like, uh, he, he's all right. It won't be the same. And that's where, that's where you'll see the fade. It's ha- it happens. Beyonce is going to go through the same thing, too. It's gonna be a fourteen. Beyonce don't put out music like that. That's why. She's smart though. I think she's gotten to a level where the music doesn't have to be as big as everything else. Like when you're still trying to climb the mountain, the music has to be the forefront. But that's why Drake's the best. He's still putting out music as your favorite rapper. Beyonce been the favorite for like 10 plus years and put out what one or two albums? No, it's been longer than 10 plus. <laughs> Bruh, jeez. You take it. I mean, obviously, you're going to. Rihanna just as bad. Man, Rihanna was. Is she trying to go for a baby number three? I didn't know she got that many babies in a year. <laughs> but she's she's doing she's having so much success with lingerie and other stuff, bro. It's like I said, once you get to that level and music becomes like the background. You think music's the background though? Man, she's making way more money without music than she ever made inside music. Well, you know, that's sound music. You ain't meant to make a lot of money, but that's what I'm saying. And she, and her persona is growing. More people know her for lingerie than they do her music. Mm. You know, the young generation knows Rihanna the artist. You got 40 and 50, 50 year old women buying lingerie from her. Well, I mean, it just depends on how she wants to be viewed, right? At that point. So how how would Cam McDaniel man had a very good point when he was talking about sports science the other day when he was on the show and how Notre Dame needs to embrace technology and sports science moving forward. 
uh, especially with strength and conditioning to improve the performance of the players and the recovery time on the field. And my question to him was, man, but the perception that Notre Dame might want to put out there, will that get in the way? You know, Notre Dame's not exactly the biggest research institution, per se. <laughs> yeah, you can say that. Yeah, I mean, that's the best way to put it. So, <laughs> we're not a research institute. No. Oh. <laughs> I don't think that's our makeup. From inception, um, I think that's where teams like Ohio State and other public universities win a little bit mm -hmm. because they're labeled research institutions and universities and stuff. They get an on brand with some of these companies that want to test certain sports technologies out, this, that, and the third. So I do think there's an advantage there. But Notre Dame don't spend no money either. You know. And and, and sometimes some of the research stuff that they want to do is just very uh I don't know how you say it, very they take their time, you know. Mm -hmm. They try things, but the stuff they try you've never heard of, you know, they 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 go out on a whim sometimes, but they they usually end up spending overspending for stuff they're trying out, which is what holds them back, I think, too much. It is also very interesting to see. You answered this the other day, right? I said, Will Notre Dame ever have a quarterback that's bigger than the program? Or bigger than the bigger than the team? in a season, right? Caleb Williams, is, Caleb Williams, bro, Caleb Williams is the talk of college football, or one yeah. of the biggest talks, and he's the talk of the NFL, bro. Yep. Because of the Bears. <laughs> the Bears play tonight. I guarantee you Caleb Williams will be trending the entire game. You think so? On social media. Oh. Let the Bears get blown out. Oh. Well, you already sealed up the first and second pick, right? As of right now, they have the first and second pick in the draft, yes. Yeah, so they wouldn't – I'm sure they're talking about where they're going to move Justin Fields, like to Atlanta next year. I think that's more likely. Hey, you know what the crazy <laughs> thing is, though? Caleb might not even come out. Yeah, I guess he's not forced to come out, right? But the money too good as the first pick of the draft. He's not going to deny that. Mm -mm. You're thinking about 10 years ago, bro. That Is Caleb one. Williams going to be making more than $25 million? Hey, he can make more at USC. They talked about this. He can make more AAV within that year at USC than he will through his rookie contract. Just the salary. Yeah. Just the salary. Say it again. He would have to get paid close to $30 million in the checking account for that to be possible. And nobody making over ten million in NIL money right now. Who's making over ten million in NIL money right now? Nobody. Dude, the the, the number one pick is is valued at seven point four million, bro. Like, like, I don't know where you're getting this ten million from. I'm looking at it right now. It's only seven point four million. That's what I'm saying. Nobody's making over $10 million in college football as a player right now. He's making just under six right now. This year. 
But you're going to be making over 10 your first year as a rookie. I know he's not. I just told you what the rookie value of the number one pick is. It's $7.4 million. Oh, you're saying that he's making just under six right now. He's making under six right now. The value of the number one pick in the 2023 NFL draft was $7.4 million. Oh, but he also has a signing bonus too, though. So he would sign and get some money up front too, though. That's another couple million. Yeah, but does so he want? Thinking. Does he want to just take the money and go to a bad situation? See, for me, I don't. That's I love what his dad is doing. His dad is doing the same thing. See, people are coming at his dad. We could talk about it, left. Let's keep it real. People are coming at his dad, but they had no problem when they cat Archie Manning told San Diego, don't draft my son. <laughs> no one had a problem with Archie Manning. Well, that's because he, he was in the league and all of that. And... But I'm saying, Caleb Williams' father has the same rights to look out for his son. No, for sure. Definitely as from the dad aspect. But as a number one pick, regardless, you're going to go to a bad team. I don't, I don't see a team that's good Cause any team that's good that's drafting got a quarterback. So it's so any team that is decent or on the verge of becoming really nice already has a QB. So regardless, you're gonna get drafted to a bad team, being that you're nice. the best quarterback, regardless. So whether it's the first pick or even the tenth pick, you're gonna still be on a bad team. You gotta right. make the bad team good. So it's like I don't know what he's trying to maybe it's a destination thing. Maybe he don't want to go to Atlanta or, or Chicago. Well, uh, he definitely shouldn't want to come here. Well, Chicago not bad. I mean, y'all just got to get a better management. But I think that's all. That's all the plan, though. I think you guys are are intentionally trying to be bad. Yeah. So, look, man. Like I said, it's a lot of reasons for him. Caleb's gonna be the number one pick, regardless when he comes out. Doesn't make a difference. Dion has already told you Shador's not coming out. Yeah, I believe Dion ain't coming out. And Dion's gonna bring a squad back, have a chance to really compete next year. Shador's gonna be his quarterback. Honestly, he's really, I don't wanna say using. But he's using Shador to really jumpstart his program, which is very smart. Is. Of course he is. That's very smart. That's why he said his son ain't going. Yeah. He's not going gonna to talk his son into coming back. Absolutely. And all he's going to say, you could be the number one next year. Yeah, and all the recruits are going to say, oh, I get to play with Shador? Basically. Man. He can manufacture that. He's a coach. Yeah, absolutely. Caleb absolutely. just has to just, you know, is loved by his coach, so he gets it done. Yeah, someone asked what the problem is with uh, Chase Claypool. Um, he, Bang. You know, he just ran his mouth. That's all. He called himself Maple Tron. Called himself the third best receiver in the league. Chase did it to himself. You should have never let him go to Paris. Chicago. Justin Fields should have took the leadership role and said, don't go to Paris, bro. Come throw with me over here on 62nd Street. And I see people in the chat, you know, bring up the, the taxes. Let me tell you something, man. If Caleb Williams is connected to the right people to that state tax in California is not a problem. I promise you, AD and LeBron have money, people, to take care of that tax issue. No, I just think LeBron to keep LeBron it to cheap. a minimum. LeBron cheap. There, there's ways to keep that tax issue to a minimum, bro. For, for people that make that amount of money, it's all about the people you know. It is a game, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. They are the ones that can dodge rains, drops, and stay dry. 
But I think LeBron just naturally frugal. I think he just good with his money because he cheap. You think Bron is cheap? Oh yeah. Remember Marcus that video? Freeman. Hey, Remember? hey. Marcus Freeman is our boy, but Marcus Freeman looks like he could be a little frugal, bro. Oh yeah, he got six yeah. kids. Yeah, six kids. Yeah. But he definitely LeBron definitely cheap. You see that uh, movie clip where he had uh, he was at the lunch with the dude, and mm. the dude was like. <laughs> I feel like that was really him. What's the name? What's the name of that joint? Trey. What am I? Yo, the scene with John Cena in the movie theater with the brother <laughs> is one of the funniest scenes of all time, bro. No, for real. The stuff he was saying. <laughs> My man's girlfriend was like, "I think he wants you." <laughs> <laughs> nah, seriously, that was one of the best. Man, it's crazy how some actors, some some athletes can translate to the movies. You know, I think anytime LeBron is leading the roles, like doing Space Jam or something, I don't know if that's his cup of tea, man. I think he need to just be his frugal cameo self, man. He'd be great. Oh, man. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. That is too funny, man. Eventually, we're going to get to the coordinators, and then we'll preview this Louisville matchup Saturday night, Cardinal Stadium. Yo, it's a lot of national people picking against Notre Dame. Against Louisville? Yeah. I, bruh, I feel a lot more confident about Louisville than I did Duke, and I had a lot of confidence going up against Duke. Yeah, once again, we're playing a team that has a lot of pieces in which you can appear as a threat. But anytime with a Louisville team, especially when they have, even when they have Lamar at peak, at peak Lamar, you know, peak Louisville, they always were missing a, uh, one or two pieces offensively and then defensively. And for us, I think we're battle-tested enough to where Louisville can't stand the rain on this one. I just think we've been through enough tight situations, big games, away games, uh, hyped, emotional. We've, we've been through a good amount. Been, you know, faced the gauntlet of a, what is that, a 16-hour trip to Ireland. And all the excuses you can have with that. And then, you know, played teams that were obviously we were better than and didn't get uh, ransacked or in a trap game like teams like to say. So this is pretty even footing psychologically, I think, for Notre Dame. And it's going to play it to advantage that Louisville hasn't been tested the way we've been tested early on in the season. 
Louisville hasn't played anyone except for that road game against North Carolina State. That's it. And like you said, the schedule is probably a nice part to get from Jack Swarbrick. Because this yep. schedule has been brutal. It's been a little brutal. A little bit. But the fact that it has to be like that in order to have a chance to be considered for the playoffs because we're not in quote-unquote conference, how the playoff system is set up, it's got to be somewhat brutal enough to give us a chance to get in. Lucky Luffy Podcast. All right, left. Al Golden or Jared Parker? Who do you want to get at first? Because I know you're ready to get at some. We can go at Jared Parker because Al Golden doing his thing. Okay, okay. Jared Parker, uh, what's what's up with this offense lately, uh, Coach Parker? What, what's good? Certainly, the, the first part of your question is, is yes, it's on me first, 100%. It's not on our players, it's on me. And uh, our staff will continue to find ways to be better at everything we do, like not only when it goes well, but when it maybe doesn't, maybe we have something that happens negatively. Because I think if you start fixing the things only when they go wrong, that's when going very well doesn't last very long. So we look at it always and forever, even when things went really well this season, to make sure we're in the right spots. Um, but for this one, um, it starts with me. We've got to make sure our process is good. We'll take steps towards making sure we do the right things to help change it so that doesn't happen again this Saturday night. Um, this is very much coach speak i think uh it's good that he's acknowledging the process of what it takes to get better by acknowledging mistakes from before but and and taking the blame but it is the blame in a lot of cases on um positioning the offense positioning your quarterback with a chance to lead with our strengths with the conscious effort of knowing that you have to score points to win these football games and that just depending on a defense who's been playing well, who's that's been um, undervalued in a sense because these games have been so close and the potential that we have on offense being so great, it's just not an excuse to have the points that we have. So unfortunately, yeah, it's good to see you acknowledging the fact that you got to you know, day by day, get better, acknowledge what you've done before, but it still comes down to the, I would like him to be able to just speak on the things that that we can see as fans that get, to get better, like identifying our strengths better, staying away from certain schemes that we may have implemented in the past, but really using our best players is, is, in my opinion, the best way to move forward to score more points and help our defense out. But overall, it is good to see Jared Parker be in a position where uh, he's, he's humble enough to acknowledge the fact that uh, we have to get better even though we're winning these games and in tight victories. He could have easily bowed out and said he you know he's done everything he's can to help the team and blame the players like a Tobias getting a penalty or whatever may have you but you know I, I think from a bigger perspective he did call a well enough game to win even though it wasn't by the big the point margin that we may have won it offensively for against Ohio State and similar to Duke I mean he's called uh, well enough game for Sam to operate at a high enough level to put everybody in the position where they can win. I think he could say, well, maybe I need to put the ball in our quarterback's hands and make plays a little bit more just because he's the most veteran on the offense. And if anybody can lead us, we he can, you know, outside of the run game. Because it's just too hard to win games by strictly just running the football. And if we didn't have a talented defense like we do, I think it would be a lot uh, different feelings and opinions on how these games end. Mm-hmm. 
with the defense we have, what for you is there a perfect type of type of offense that will be more complimentary in your your opinion? I just think Jared Parker is calling games with the the mindset that oh, we could just be safe here because we have a great defense. Not like oh, I'm trying to score a hundred and I'm itching for the and I'm itching to get the ball back because we have a good defense. I think he's just calling plays that are like okay, not too much of a risk. We can play field position. Our defense is gonna give us the ball back and we can look to score next time. I think it's a next time mentality instead of we have to score every drive mentality. That's an interesting way of looking at it. I just want them to put 30 and 40 on the board like they were early in the season. That's right. Offense seemed like it was relentless early in the season. That's right. Like they were constantly coming, just constantly coming. With playmakers, athletes, run, pass, A. When he was here brought in, he was over the tight ends left. And it seems like Mitchell Evans has become that dude. What about the the tight ends and the continued success there and, and, and the pride that you have, Coach Parker? that that room is left in good hands. And that's what great leadership does. That's what Mike did. And we have great leaderships here that followed him that were around him. So I think that it was no surprise to our guys. They didn't press or do too much to try to get to the standard. They already knew what the standard was. And so they picked up where he left off. The expectation is to play um, at a high level here at tight end play and everywhere. Um, There's a reason we believe that this is the finest place in the land to come play tight end. And our guys are prideful about it. And they want to put a product out on the field that says, if you want to be a tight end, you come to Notre Dame. And um, that's how they're playing. I would call this offense a tight end offense. You know, you got your spread, got your air raid, got your triple option offense, got your West Coast, you got your multiple. Our offense is very unique because we have the first ever tight end offense where it's centralized through the, the tight end pass game and the run game with the tight end inline blocking. Something that I think we can consider a style of offense at this point. And it's, the thing about it is it's very tight end friendly, obviously, but it's it's an offense that's in neutral. It is consists of a great running game and a good old line, a quarterback that's not too good and not too bad. And you can centralize focus on running the football and using your tight end play action game. And if you recruit tight ends well enough, they'll just naturally be a mismatch for a college football team where you you got either skinny, fast linebackers because of it's a pass-happy college football space, or you got heavy run blocking, I mean, heavy run gap filling linebackers that can't defend the pass. So tight ends these days are very unique in the, in the sense that they have enough speed and athleticism to run routes, but also big enough to to be an extra blocker. And um, is they're, all, they're of all sizes too, which is uh, probably one of the more unique positions in football. So that's just what our offense is centralized around. It's no, it's no, at this point, getting away from, you know, your Michael Mayers of the world and Cole Komets and Brock Wrights and, you know, Durham Smythe because it starts with them and how they do so much in the run game, being 12 personnel and being just as big as our tackles pretty much and, and blocking. And then we turn around and do the pass game, they're a natural mismatch. Uh, we give them routes, a ton of routes to run over the middle. And our quarterbacks happen to just build a rapport. I mean, it's a very safe option when you know we're calling games with the tight end being in focus. So we do run the first ever style tight end offense, which has been productive. And Jared Parker's been, like he said, passed down in good hands because you're still calling plays for him. So, I mean, uh, I, I don't find it a surprise that our offensive coordinator, who was a tight ends coach, has our tight ends being a primary focus as he is the offense coordinator. It just makes sense. So, yeah, I think that, 
is a strategy we've used for the last nine years. It's a very, uh, you can win in that offense, but it's a very neutral offense. You're not, you're only going to score as, as much as, you know, your defense is allowing the other team to score. And, you know, our defense has been very stout and has given us chances to really win games by by bigger margins. Uh, as an offense, though, we have to be able to take hold of that and, and be better on figuring out how we're going to be more accessible outside of just the tight ends because just like running the football, you're just not going to put up enough points throughout the game to win unless you got a Brock yeah. guy down in Georgia. That, that brother down there, he – he can get you some points, but other than that, that's just, it's just tough. Yeah. Lucky Lefty Podcast. Um, some good stuff in the chat. We'll get to some of your questions or comments. Um, I think it's Brendan makes a comment about the AAU cert- certification. I think Cam did a great job of explaining that. Like, yeah, Notre Dame, when it comes to the business school, when it comes to the engineering school, they're at the forefront. Uh, I forget the other school that Cam said surprisingly is like top three in the world. It was like one of the schools that he said is top three in the world that most people don't know about. But Cam was also upfront about the biology department not being as uh, expansive and as grown out as it probably should be. So that was the conversation when we talk about research and Things that might not We're the actually number one business school because we about making that money. That money. Come but on, you know, now. Cam was making a point with the question was with certain things with biology, it does not exactly mix with faith. You know what I'm saying? So you start digging into sports techno sports science and technology <clears throat> because who no name is. You know, certain things might be okay, but, you know, we had to ask the question, will Notre Dame and who they are, you know, in certain ways be an obstacle, you know? So, and and Camp did an incredible job of breaking it down. You know, he really did. So, uh, let's see. Let's go to Jeremiah Love. The young man, number 12, was talking about, you know, having a problem. You got a problem with the platoon at running back? Uh, uh, coming in, I knew what I was getting myself into. Um, shoot, I thought we were going to have more running backs. The running backs I committed with, they all decommitted. Um, <laughs> so I was expecting it to be a lot of running backs, but that's what I was hoping for, you know, so we can all just share the load and, not to put as much stress on our bodies. Um, yeah, I was, I've accepted it. It's, um, I think it's great for all of us. You know, it doesn't, you all stay healthy because of it for the most part. And uh, yeah, I kind of knew from the start it was going to be a lot of running backs. Hey, you want me to translate that for you, love? Okay. Want me to translate that? I think I know where you're going with it. It's my freshman year, so I'm cool with it. You know, it, <laughs> it, it keeps me healthy. But best believe, come next year and the year after that, because I'm only gonna be here for three years. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be that dude. Translation. Transmit. That's the translation. There, there it is. That's what he's saying, huh? Man, as a freshman coming in, I knew it. You know, Dylan Edwards was supposed to be. He was committed when I was committed. So, you know, our freshman class, we were going to rock it out, you know. Now, you know, we're cool with it. I'm cool with it. Is that where, is that where the running back position is, is, though, is coming to it by committee in order to stay healthy? I think if that was the mindset he was talking about, yeah, yeah, he – He's definitely thinking a little bit ahead. He want to be healthy and still get the exposure and carries enough carries to get the film you need. I think if if that was hey, that, makes sense. Yo, 
the uh, the Davis kid from Kentucky. Because it's very rare you see just workhorses in college yeah, he, football. He's a workhorse. He's nice. That kid, nice. the Davis kid at Kentucky. I can't wait to see how he fares against Georgia's defense this weekend. Because it's, it's at Georgia. And it's at Georgia. And Kirby just always has something waiting for teams defensively. You know, so we'll see. Um, Edwards at Georgia. He's a workhorse. You know, getting 20 oh, plus yeah, carries everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's nice. There's some good running backs out there right now. Mm-hmm. Sure, I think Jeremiah Love is just a different running back because he's not like a power running back like those other guys. But he but he runs between the tackles. So it's mm-hmm. like <laughs> his version of that. And he flies through there. I like that he's fearless running through the holes. You know, sometimes running backs like the piggy foot too much getting through there. He's hitting it full speed downhill, which I hope he doesn't lose when he gets older. I think it can only help him. He reminds me, you know, him getting a little bit bigger. He could be like an Amar Bradshaw type of back, just fast down the lane, maybe one or two cuts, you know. Uh, I think he he knows that he's probably waiting on a big breakout game or breakout year. I feel like he's getting close to it because he's getting some pretty good yards on these get 12 yards here, you get a 15 yard here, you get a first down, you know, I think mm-hmm. he does some good plug and play stuff, but I would, like he said, like your translation, but also like I've been saying, when it gets down to the clutch time, you got to put your guys in, you got you to you call the guys that you know are the best players on your offense that give you the best chance, because it's not a time to be community, because even in a community, you, you get a mayor, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> You get a you get a, a treasure. You get people right. that do specific things for the group. And that's what we have to get to. Yeah, it's all Whoville and we all love each other. We all look alike, this, that, and the third. But there's gotta be one that's the Grinch that's in there that's shaking things up where we can go to to make yeah. things happen. Yeah. I don't look, man. If whether it was me and my son or whether I was a coach of a young man. That was a, a really good running back. There is absolutely no need for a running back to play four years in college. None. 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 Now, what, what they have to deal with, the bias from an NFL standpoint, you're not gaining anything playing four years of college. I, I mean, unless, you, unless, I you're doing it, unless you're Go doing ahead. it the way you're saying, unless you're doing it right. by committee, right. you're getting five or six carries a game, you, you might have to stay another year just to complete that enough, enough video, you know, enough tape to get to the league. Like, for instance, you know, Jeremiah loves the entry situation because those three years of tape, he can really make some crazy highlights and on a yeah. – on a, a smaller carry load than what a Reggie Bush had, you know. Right. For instance. But it's still you playing a dangerous game because that's very dependent on your coaches plugging you in in the right spots, games, and opportunities. Yeah, you fully expect that after his third year, Aldrich has a great chance of moving on to the NFL after this year. I was surprised to, I don't know if you saw any of the LSU Ole Miss game. Oh, yeah, and, I watched that. Okay, did, did you hear the commentary they had about Logan Diggs during the game? Yeah, yeah Logan, I think he Logan, right. Logan wanted to leave when Brian Kelly left. Right. He stayed one year to get his degree. Mm. That's why he played for Notre Dame last year. Because he did not want to leave without being lined up to get the Notre Dame degree. Not a good old Notre Dame trick, huh? So once he lined everything up this spring, he went ahead and made the transfer. 
I can't well, be mad at that golden ticket, I mean, hey, you know, yeah, you just stay up for fun. <laughs> Once you get that golden ticket, man, and you know, served your time, now you get an opportunity. To, you know, you can stay, or you can see what else is out there. He went home, which is, you know, and, and all in all, is a pretty good deal. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's the best of both worlds, man. And today's yeah. college football, you know, still, you know, being able to get that degree and then put your best, put yourself in the best situation that you feel like is for you. But I, I think he has about eight to ten touches right now. Um, that'll probably go up to like 15 next year. And his third year here at Notre Dame, you know, he might be getting 18 to 20 touches. Yeah, definitely as a as a especially if he's heating up, getting ready to leave his second, third year. Yeah. He had to be averaging at least 10, 15, 15, 20 touches a game, you can imagine. But also has to go back to what are we doing offensively? Are we transitioning to a different style of offense where we're trying to throw it more and run naturally less? Or are we always going to be built run base first? What if Cam Williams comes in and becomes that that deal? Hmm. And we got to throw the ball to him. Absolutely. How does that change things? You know, what does that look like? Yeah. The ball got to go outside now. Well, sticking to the running backs before we get to Al Golden, bro. I think the trend for Notre Dame started with Kyron Williams. Because I think a, people, a lot of people questioned Kyron when he decided to leave. But. Hey, he, he left him scoring touchdowns now, man. Real happy for Kyron. <laughs> 